If you will, turn with me to um, Exodus chapter 23. It's one simple verse, but there are some other verses that go along with this. <clears throat> that I wanted to talk about some of the imagery of farming that we see a lot in the Bible. Of course, the Bible is a different world than what we live in today. Uh, in the Old Testament, we have a totally, what we call, agrarian society. But God uh, wants us to... Um, uh, remember, I mean, he used, he used a lot of the, the harvest industry, uh, imagery to describe himself and who he is and, and how we can live for him. And Jesus <clears throat> uses that a lot um, in the Gospels as well. But, but, but the harvest time was a time for them to remember God and be grateful. And so all the great festivals, uh, especially two, uh, were connected with the great harvest that, that happened in, in those days. So beginning at, at, at chapter 23, verse 16, it says, You shall keep the feast of harvest of the first fruits of your labor of what you sow in the field. You shall keep the feast of end gathering at the end of the year when you gather in from the field the fruit of your labor. Three times in the year shall all your males appear before the Lord. <clears throat> Let's pray. Lord, we just ask, God, that you add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of your word. Father, let it go forth and not return void. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Farming, uh, I know, is, is hard work. I've, I've never been involved in myself in farming. Uh, I grew up in farming communities, though, most of my life. Um, even in and around Canton, Ohio, where, where we lived when I was, when I was real little. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, I'm from Kingsport, Tennessee, and there was a lot of, lot of rural farming um, in that area. But, but especially here in Statesville and, and in Arno County, where I, where I spend most of my years, uh, you know, we've, uh, we, we had lot, lots of farming around. I went to North Ardo High School, and that's a big, big dairy and poultry area. And then this area of the country where I've been... Uh, pastoring now for 13 years has, has been uh, farming in rural community and um, so grateful for our farmers today and, and the hard work that they put forth. And farming, of course, is probably the, the oldest profession that's out there, honestly. Uh, it began in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve um, were told to, uh, uh, were, were told to um, cultivate the garden and God named um, Adam the caretaker of, of the Garden of Eden. And uh, to, to show um, Adam showing his authority, he named all the animals, and he and Eve together tended that garden until the day that uh, they listened to the serpent and disobeyed God and fell. And even then, you know, um, God told them that part of the curse would be that uh, they would uh, have to go through some, some difficult toil. By the toil of your um, brow, he, he tells Adam, you'll, you'll work the soil. And it'll produce nothing but thorns and weeds for you. So, we, so you know that part of farming is, is very important. Getting rid of all the, the, the thorns and the thistles and, 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 and the things that, that, that can block growth. But working the land, I, I believe, um, puts people in touch with creation more so than any other occupation. Because, because you're out there you know, working with nature and sometimes even against nature. Uh, to get things uh, going and growing as they should, and I, but I, I still think that um, that that farming, you know, 
puts us directly in touch with what God has made and what God has done. I mean, God has made the world. He's made the universe. He's made all things. He is the creator of all things. And, and worshiping uh, God, um, I, I think, is very important, especially when we look at nature and, and, and creation and, and, and what the land can produce for us. God has made all those conditions possible. And so we need to be honoring God with, with, with the feasts um, that He uh, talked about here, here in the Scriptures. Now, of course, we know technically that, that these feasts are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. But these two um, in particular that are mentioned in this passage have to do with, with, with harvests. The Feast of the Harvest, which is the first fruits of your labor, and the Feast of Ingathering at the end of the year, when you gather in from the field of your labor. Now, pagan cultures around Israel during this time, they worship false gods. And, uh, and, and really what happened was they began worshiping the creation rather than the creator. They, they worked in creation. They worked the farms and the fields. Their, their, lives, their, their lives depended on what, what, what the land and the fields produced and, and, and what their animals um, produced. They, they, were total, they, they were dependent on these things. And so what they began to do is they, they, when they began look, look, losing their focus... On, on the one true creator, they began worshiping the creation itself instead. And so the gods existed in, in, in the land and, and in the sea and in the air and in the trees and, and, and in the, the, farming, the farm animals that they produced. All those things became gods to them. And, and so what they thought they could do was manipulate these gods by doing certain rituals and, and uh, without being too explicit, a lot of them involved fertility kind of rituals to entice the gods to make, make the land fertile and those kinds of things. And, and sometimes they, they did some ter very terrible and degrading things to try to get these gods to, uh, to do what they wanted to do or what they thought they wanted them to do. And, and, and it led to all sorts of, of sin. It led to all sorts of darkness. It's part of the reason we have such darkness and evil today. Uh, because of the, these pagan cultures, they, they, they turned away from the one who created everything and began worshiping the nature itself so that they could have things like, they thought could have things like a good harvest for that year or, or a, um, a, a, a good um, uh, uh, set of animals for, for that year. And it was um, a, a difficult, difficult way to live. I remember somebody um, describing, you know, just, just kind of telling a story. It, it was a novel. Um, I think it was uh, the James Michener novel. I can't remember the title of it right offhand. But he was talking about how the, 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 these ancient um, people and how they, they lived. And it talked about the, 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 this man and his wife going into, into the pagan temple to worship. And, and basically what would happen is, you know, the, the priest was sent up there, who will commit to giving one of their own children as a sacrifice to these gods so that we could have a, a, a good crop of harvest this year? And uh, the, the husband and wife were there, and, and, and the wife was horrified as her husband raised his hand and says, we'll, we'll give our child. And what's worse is that the priest said, okay, thank you for doing that. What we'll do is, We'll reward you by giving you two of our temple pro prostitutes. And so the wife is even more horrified. 
at what was happening. That's the kind of wickedness and evil that was, that was um, going on around um, in, in those ancient times before, um, before, before Jesus came and before the, the world was, was Christianized, so to speak. Th those are the kinds of things that were happening in, in, in these pagan cultures that worshipped their creation and worshipped the, these guys to give them a good harvest. And what I'm trying to get at is, is that when, when God began instituting these festivals, uh, harvest festivals, um, he, 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 he was trying to pull people away from, from that wickedness and that paganism that was going on all around them. It says, yes, you need, you, you need to um, uh, celebrate your harvest. And, 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 and yes, you, you, you know, but, but if you trust in me as, as the God above all gods, the, the transcendent God, the one who made all things, the one who is not um, part of the world, but who made the world from himself and, and who sits enthroned uh, over the earth, if you worship me, I, I will give you um, the, the crops that you need. In other words, it wasn't um, a, an act of manipulation of people trying to manipulate God to do what they wanted Him to do. It was God offering to bless the people because He loved them and cared for them. And it took a long time for, for um, uh, people in Israel to, to understand that. <laughs> that God was wanting to bless them. So what God did was, in, 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 in these ancient times, to help people, first of all, stay away from, from, from the, these pagan and superstitious things uh, to try to produce good crops. He wanted them <clears throat> to um, ha have a festival where they honored him for, for the results of a grateful harvest. But not only that, God infuses new meanings into these things. First of all, the, the, fe the feast of, of the harvest, the, the first one he mentions is actually what we call Pentecost. This happened 50 weeks after the Passover. The Passover was the first and primary festival they celebrated <clears throat> and the new meaning that God gave um, that was that um, he, he, he helped rescue them out of the land of Egypt if you remember the story when, when Israel was slaves in Egypt um, and, and, and Pharaoh had become really oppressive towards them even killing their firstborn children God sent Moses to help lead the people out and God poured out the ten plagues upon Egypt. And, and the final plague what, what, what was the plague of, of death. And, and what he told the Israelites to do was to sacrifice the lamb and put the blood over the doors. And uh, when, when they did that, the death angel would pass over the Israelites and, and, and would only go after the firstborn of the Egyptians. Uh, so, so, so God, you know, he, he leveled his justice in, in equal measure as, as Pharaoh had dealt it out in that scene. But the Passover was about salvation. The Passover was about them. God said, get ready to go because when this happens, Pharaoh is going to let you go. Get, get prepared for this. Fix a, fix a meal, but don't put leaven in the bread. We were talking about that this morning. Don't put leaven in the bread because you don't have time for it to rise. And, 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 and have this celebratory meal where you sacrifice the, the, the lambs that you sacrificed. You know, um, cook them and consume them. And, and do it quickly because you're going to be released. Well, the other ones after that also um, re reflect the, the narrative of, 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 of Israel's escape. Pentecost happened uh, 
seven weeks after the Passover. And seven weeks after the Passover, they were to celebrate the Feast of the Harvest. And on the 50th day, which is what Pentecost means, it's the Greek word for 50, the 50th day they were to celebrate the Feast of, of the Harvest, which was the, the Feast of, of the grain coming in, the, the first, the, that first wheat coming in. And uh, they, they had a harvest of it then. And uh, what they were to do with that at the Feast of the Harvest at, at Pentecost was they were to cook the bread and uh, they, they were to uh, take some of the grain and, and, and oil to, to the priests. So, so they, had, they had some grain and some oil. Then they also had a cooked bread. And, and the grain and the oil together <coughs> were mixed and they were burned as a burnt offering before the Lord. And then the priests were to, were to get the other part of it, the part that was baked into bread, and eat it. And that was a, a sign of, of God's pleasure with, with His people. He, it was a pleasing aroma unto Him. Uh, there were also animals that were sacrificed during this time as sin offerings. And it, it, it was a time to, to remind them to be grateful to the Lord for what He had done and giving them a good harvest. But it also reflected you know, that they were released from Egypt in the Passover they received the law at Mount Sinai 50 days later um, at, at Mount Sinai. So, so this, this, this Feast of the Harvest also has new meaning. God, God connected the, the harvest time um, for, for, with this particular um, celebration so that they could remember that God gave him his covenant at Mount Sinai. And then later on in the year, at, towards the end of the year, um, but, but before the, uh, the great day of atonement and all that, they had um, the feast of the end gathering, which was the, the last harvest of the year be, being brought in. And, and they were to do sort of some of the same things. They, they were to offer um, offerings to God, and, and, and part of it went to the priest, and he would eat it. They would also sacrifice animals for, for the sin offering. But, but the feast of, of that end, end gathering um, represented the end of the year, and also, you know, God bringing His people back together. They also call it the Feast of Booths because it represents their time of living in the wilderness and how God um, uh, provided for them. And they set up tents or booths um, as they traveled. And, of course, we know that they spent 40 years in the wilderness. Um, but, but it represented that, that time um, that, that they were... Um, uh, in the wilderness, and God provided both manna and quail and water for them as well. Water, was too, water too was important. God provided for them during that time. So, so all these feasts, even though they were associated with, with, with farming and the harvest, that they were given new meaning because God rehearsed His salvation for Israel. The Passover celebrated their rescue out of Egypt. The, uh, the Pentecost represented their... Um, their, their, their time of receiving the law from, from, from the Lord. And then, of course, the, the final feast what was a reminder of how God provided for them while they were wandering in the wilderness. And now you fast forward that to the New Testament and what happens. Jesus offers His once-for-all sacrifice at the Passover, which we now celebrate um, with uh, Good Friday. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. He becomes this, the, the, the Passover lamb. He becomes the one who offers salvation for the whole world. His shed blood is, is what's poured out before them. And, and, and that's, that, that's the, the, the ultimate feast of the year. 
But then the other ones, um, what happens 50 days after uh, the Passover? Well, we just celebrated that last week, last weekend. La- last, last Sunday was Pentecost. What happened at Pentecost? God gave the law at Mount Sinai to the people. At Pentecost in the New Testament, He gives them God's Holy Spirit. So that that law is not just a code that we follow, but is God's presence within His people. And and as Jesus became the law of God, the Word of God, God's Spirit helps us as believers to become the Word of God in the world. And and, and we become the the, the temple of God's Holy Spirit. And and, and, and that that new era of, of, of God showing us Not only does He want us to obey, but He wants to commune with us in order to help us to obey and empower us to obey God's Word. All those things were connected with the harvest to pull pull the people away from this idea that we worship creation, we worship nature, we worship the land and the sea and the rocks and and, and especially the things that that, that it produces. They were worshiping those things. God pulled them out of all that and said, look, here is the truth. That my grace and, and my love are sufficient for you. And my grace will, will, will provide everything you need from, from the land. And most importantly, God has provided salvation for His people. And then, of course, that final feast takes on new meaning. The Feast of Ingathering. And Jesus probably talks about this more, more than anything else that He talks about when, he, when He's giving His parables. The harvest at the end of history. The harvest at the end of time. The harvest at the end of the world. Where God gathers all His people. All those who believe. He, the, the great harvest of souls happens. And, 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 and the wheat is separated from the tares. And the tares go off to be burned. The, the tares representing the, those who had never gave their hearts and lives to God during this life. The, the judgment that, that is passed on them. But, but, but the harvest of souls is then gathered into God's kingdom at that final time. And, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And Jesus says, if, if you want to be in part of that great harvest, you have got to be faithful to the Lord. You have to repent of your sins. You have to believe in me as the ultimate sacrifice, the final sacrifice. And you have to um, be prepared to come into my kingdom. And he doesn't just ask us to, to, to uh, prepare ourselves um, by, by, by following the law or doing, doing rote things. He gives us his own presence to be with us, to help us, who, who, who is reminding us of all that Jesus taught us, who is strengthening our hearts and lives, empowering us to live. We can't be true witnesses in the world without God's Spirit. That's why, that's why we said at Pentecost, Jesus told his disciples to wait in, in Jerusalem until they receive power from the Holy Spirit. And says, and then you will be my witnesses to, to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the utter, utter ends of the earth. We need God's Holy Spirit. We, we, we need what happened at Pentecost in our, in our lives to help us and prepare us for that final feat, that final harvest, the harvest at the end of all things when God brings all of His souls into the kingdom. All of these these great festivals 
Yes, they were connected to the harvest, but they're, they're connected. God gave them new meaning, the meaning of salvation, the meaning that comes from His gospel. Not only His salvation of the Israelites in the Old Testament, but it represents and, and, and is fulfilled in Christ's salvation in the New Testament. All of it's connected. Why, why, why don't we celebrate the, the, the Feast of Passover and the Feast of, in, of, of Harvest and the Feast of Ingathering because all those things are fulfilled in Christ. And when we rehearse the gospel of Jesus Christ, we're really rehearsing the history of God's salvation being fulfilled and culminated in Christ. And I think it's wonderful what God has done to try to teach His people to pull them out of darkness, out of sin. Especially this idea that um, what I do... Um, produces what, what happens as far as the crops go. Sometimes, as, as believers, we, 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 we become self-reliant without realizing that really and truly it's God's hand behind all, all the things. And, and, and that, that's true of, of farming. That's true of the harvest. That, that, but it's, it, and it's true of any, any industry or work that we put ourselves to, any labor. But God is... Is, is the one who needs to be praised for that. He's the one that makes the conditions for that. He's the one that gives us the conditions of the land. He's the one that, that has um, done, done all these things for us. We've got to realize that His grace is sufficient for us. And so what it calls us to do, I think, is, is to honor God and, and, and to honor Him in, in, in wonderful and great ways. The first thing we need to do to honor God for what He's done is, is to give our hearts and lives to the Son, Jesus Christ. If you have never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, if you've never um, repented of your sins and asked Him to forgive you, then you can do that right now because the Bible says that if we, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. And Jesus said, it's, it's only repentance that can do that. Repentance and faith in me as the Son of God who has offered my life for you. That's the only way that we can be saved. There's only one way of salvation, and that's through Jesus Christ. And we, and, and we honor God by giving ourselves to the Son, Jesus Christ. And secondly, give God your first and best. When, when, when they went through the, these, uh, these rituals, they would always give the first fruits of their labor, the first fruit of the harvest, the best of the harvest. They would offer the, the animals without blemish. They would give God their first and best in order to honor Him. And as believers in Jesus Christ, we should be giving our first and best to Him as, as, as sacrifices to Him. And, and the, 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 really the best of us is, is, is to give Him ourselves, our lives. The Apostle Paul tells us in, in Romans 12 to offer our, our bodies as living sacrifices to God. Not, not ones that, that are slaughtered and, 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 and the blood is shed, but ones that are living sacrifices to God. In other words, I recognize that, that, that God is number one in my life. I, I need to be following Him. I need, I need to dedicate my heart and life to Him, to, to keep seeking Him, in, in my life to place him first above all things when we do that God has promised to honor, honor us and, and whatever our occupation is whatever our work is 
we need to realize that as living sacrifices to God, we have to live according to His will and way. And, and everything that we have is dedicated to Him. Whether it's, whether it's the harvest, you know, whether it's the animals that are produced, whatever it is, those things belong to God. And we must be ready and willing to give those things to Him wholeheartedly. We often talk about tithes and offerings, and that those, those things are good. And we even say, you know, 10% is what you should give. I think 10% is a nice principle. I'll say it again. Um, but, but God, the New Testament says, God loves a cheerful giver. And, 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 and the, the, these offerings that, that we offer to God, um, whatever it is, sometimes it's our time, our talent, and our treasure. It's not necessarily um, uh, our money that, we're, that I'm talking about here, but our time and our talents. Giving those things to God as, as an offering to Him is, 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 is just what we're talking about here as, as living sacrifices. That they're, they're symbols of us giving ourselves to the Lord completely. And so we give of our time and our talent and our treasure to, to God's kingdom. Not just, not, not just to this church and its building. I think, that's, I think it's great when people do things for the church and for the building. I'm not, I'm not saying anything against that at all. But I'm talking about wherever we are out there in, in the world. All of our time, all of our talent, all of our treasure should be to honor Him and, and, and what, he, what He has done and being grateful. So giving your heart to, to Jesus Christ first and foremost for the forgiveness of sins. Giving God your first and best, whatever it is, the best of yourself. Especially dedicating your own life to Him, however, the, however that is. God wants us to be living sacrifices for Him. And we do it in, in, in whether we're in a worship service or we do it whether we're in labor. All of our labor, all of our work, we dedicate to Him, to serve Him. And I hope that those are your goals today. Let's stand. <clears throat> Michael has a song for us, and I think it's a good song.